When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome. Today our program is about the birth of a new institute within Georgetown University, the Institute for Transformational Leadership. Yes, we're going to talk about the vision of this institute, but before that, you'll have a chance to hear its vision story, how it moved from just an idea to actual manifestation. And this is especially exciting this week because the Institute for Transformational Leadership is officially launching at Georgetown University's Leadership Coaching Graduate Conference in Baltimore, Maryland, and that's going to happen on Thursday night. So our timing is excellent, and I think we can consider today's show as kind of sounding the trumpets for the debut of this timely center of learning being launched. I have four guests with me today, and they're here to tell the story and to share the process of visioning that we experienced together and to talk a bit about um, this work of making a vision real. My guests are Darcy Malazzo, Associate Dean of Strategic Initiatives in the School of Continuing Studies at Georgetown University. Darcy is the co-director of the new institute along with me. She's also attended the coaching program at Georgetown, and she has a deep understanding and appreciation of both Georgetown and coaching. Good morning, Darcy. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here. Great Jul- to be here. Jul- and I want to introduce Julie Shaus is the program director for the Leadership Coaching Certificate Program. We're going to be talking a lot about that program today. Twelve years old, uh, founded uh, a dozen years ago. Julie has been leading this program along with Pat Matthews um, for a few years now. And thanks to her leadership along with Pat, um, this vision had the opportunity to come to life. Um, Julie, welcome this morning. Thank you, Kate. It's nice to be here. I'm glad you're here. And Alexander Calais is with us. He's been teaching the course on coaching leadership teams for more than a decade in our coaching program at Georgetown. Beyond Georgetown, Alexander's work is cutting edge as well. He's a pioneer of the process of team coaching, and it's no wonder he played such a key role in helping shape the mission and the vision of the Institute. Thank you for joining us, Alex. Thank you, Kate. Nice to be here. Glad you're here. And uh, last but very far from least, Lloyd Rains is here with us. Um, Lloyd is one of the original founders of the coaching program 12 years ago. As a master coach, he works with the United Nations and other global organizations. He sees a very big picture, and Lloyd has brought that global perspective to our vision. He's really fanned the sparks of possibility during the early stages of the vision process, and he's been with it the entire way. So welcome, Lloyd. Thanks, Kate. Good to be here. Well... 
here we go. So Darcy, Julie, Alexander, and Lloyd, we have just an hour to share this vision story and share the powerful vision of the Institute. And I know that, Alex, you've got to sign off after 45 minutes, so we're going to get started. Um, I'd like to begin by having us really tell the story of the original coaching program and how it set the conditions for something larger to be born. Um, and then in our second segment, we're going to talk about the vision process itself. And this will be interesting for those of you listening who are wondering, how do I create a vision that comes to life in my organization or perhaps in my business? And in the third segment, we're going to talk more specifically about the Institute for Transformational Leadership and its vision. What is it really offering the world? And we'll wrap up with what we've learned about making a vision real from our process. So some, some reflections from our guests. For those who are listening, I really hope the story will help you see how a vision becomes a plan and how a plan becomes a reality. So are we ready? I'd like to start by asking um, Julie, if you would share a little bit of history about the current program and how it started. And Lloyd, since you were really there from the beginning too, I'd love it if the two of you could kind of tell us the story of, of that original program. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Lloyd, why don't you kick us off? Uh, sure. Uh, about a dozen years ago, Chris Wall convened, I think it was about eight, eight of us, and brought us together with a kind of a challenge or an invitation to imagine the best coaching program that we could design that would deal with leadership coaching within organizations, which was unique at that time and basically brought us together in an incubator situation where without structure, without anything more than kind of a, a vision that called to us in whatever way that it did, including calling for us to have conversations out of whole cloth where we would just begin listening to one another and deciding what would be the ways that we could chunk out the uh, practicality of a coaching program. Long and short of it is we did this for about a year, and to, to me that was an important piece. I've, I've been with two experiences where a program has been taken from scratch to fruition and implementation, and I think that openness and that opening with no expectations except what can be uh, created in the room has been incredibly important in that incubation period for things to have time to germinate and molt and, and find form and content. Uh, it was just wonderful. So Chris did a, a great light-touch job of that, basically um, bringing, convening the conversation and uh, with a light touch, keeping it within boundaries and uh, progressing in a particular uh, way. So I think in the broadest high-level terms, that, that was my experience, and uh, I had one part of that, and I think there, there emerged a collective intelligence that seemed to bring forward a, a schemata or a design from beginning to end that to a very large degree held constant over the 12 years with some variations and additions along the way, but uh, ended up being a, a very deep and wise construct, I, I think. Julie? Yeah, Julie, would you like to, to add to that? And, and I wonder if you could also comment on this idea of a guru-less 
approach. Yeah, thank you, Kate. So, Lloyd, I will build on that, and I'd like to take it from the perspective of a student, because I was a student in that first cohort, and one of the things that was happening in the world of coach training at that time was that most of the coach training programs were led by one person, and it was their methodology. And what appealed to me about Georgetown was the fact that Chris Wall and all of you developed a program that brought a lot of methodologies and different ways of thinking together in one course. Um, the, I guess the surprise of taking Georgetown and what I think we've built on over the years now is that it was not only a program to teach us about coaching leaders, but to really teach us about ourselves and to deepen our understanding of using ourselves as a coach. And that, I think, has built that tradition that you all started and continues in the work that we do today. You know, thank you, Julie. That's a very important point. And are we now about to start the, is it the 38th cohort of that current coaching program? We will start 37 in January, Kate. 37 in January. Okay. And so you were in cohort one. I was back in cohort five. Um, I remember Alex was fairly new to teaching at the time I was in cohort five, and that was 10 years ago. So it's amazing how time has passed, and we've now graduated more than a 1,000 people from this extraordinary leadership coaching program. It's probably worth mentioning that this uh, leadership coaching program was the first university-based coaching program in the world and also the first to call itself a leadership coaching program versus some other kind of coaching, executive coaching, business coaching, life coaching. Um, and that's a very, very important distinction. Um, Alex, I wonder if, if you could reflect for a minute on, on the evolution of the program. You know, I, what, what I saw over the years um, was, and I came in at cohort number three, I believe, or cohort number four. Um, so I'll speak to it from my perspective. What, what I've what I've noticed is that, you know, as, as coaching as a field um, has developed and evolved, I've always felt that Georgetown has stayed on the, on, on, on the cusp of that evolution. Um, I was brought in to do a course on teams, which came in again at cohort three or four, because there was a sense that team coaching was an emerging discipline and needed to be, um, needed to be um, looked at. There was also, I believe, uh, at some point in the evolution, um, a, a shift to focus on the somatic nature of coaching, and then that program was brought in. You know, and, and, there, and there are various <clears throat> different courses that were brought in and also dropped off. So I just think that what, what I've always enjoyed is beyond being guru-less, it's also an adaptive approach to methodology and trying to stay on the forefront of what's happening without getting stuck or dogmatic into a one right way of doing it sort of architected by a sort of central philosophy. It's more open architecture. You know, that's, a, that's, that's very true. And I think um, one of the things that, you know, I found myself um, at Georgetown last week and had a chance to meet a new cohort. And, you know, somebody said, as we were kind of talking about the Institute and about the, co- the coaching program, that um, this cohort has the benefit of the evolution of 
of the years, well, at the same time as Lloyd said, that amazing uh, design has held together. So it's really quite uh, a powerful experience. Unlike anything, I've spent a career in education. It's unlike any other experience that I've had. Darcy, I know that you've recently completed the coaching program and that that has been life-changing for you. I wonder if you could, um, for our listeners, just give us a, a, a quick reflection on, on the experience of going into the leadership coaching program. Wow. Um, sure. So I, um, you know, I, I think for me, when I think about my experience in that, in the program, um, it, it, first of all, it's, it's, it's sustaining, right? So I started the program two years ago in January and, um, continue to do, um, do the work of becoming, um, becoming a leader and becoming a coach. And I think, um, that's a foundational piece and that, sh- that shift, that notion that you are, um, that you have the opportunity to always kind of see yourself as a beginner and a learner and see yourself as becoming is part of the foundation of, of the leadership coaching program. And that foundation gives you such great permission to continue to grow throughout your career, um, and life, and so uh, you know, kind of in a nutshell, I would say that is um, one huge gift that um, continues to continues to be be an evolving way for me to um, kind of live out my work in the leadership coaching program. Yeah, you know, you 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 hit on a very interesting um, p- philosophy um, that I think is very much going to be carried forward into the Institute from the, the original program. And that's this idea that we are all beginners and we are also all great at what we do. So we can actually hold these two ways of being one very knowledgeable and skilled, the other, just a pure beginner, you know, starting out and open to learning and not having to be good at anything at all. And I think that that um, invitation to the beginner's mind is is one of the elements that really creates a powerful learning experience for the students in our program. And you know, I, I'm I'm curious, um, Alex. You know, you've come to teach in this program for more than a decade. You've traveled at times from France and from England, and now you're in Boston, but you still come. What is it that inspires you about the experience that you have at Georgetown, the leadership coaching program? That's a great question. I do remember the endless trips from Europe and landing and with jet lag, uh, running the three days and flying back Mm -hmm. home. And what was always amazing about that was that um, and, and Chris Wall, who was my um, my co-teacher in teams, would always say, how do you keep the energy up even though you're jet-lagged? And I, and I reflected a lot on that question. And so there were a couple of ingredients that had me coming back and that will always keep me coming back. Number one, um, it was the faculty. It was this extraordinary group of people who I've always felt uh, a privilege to be a part of. Um, no one-upmanship. Um, lack of ego, collaboration, um, extremely talented um, and intelligent people that I was just a member of. And it always felt like a privilege. So just to be able to walk in and and deliver was wonderful. The second was uh, the freedom at which we could teach and evolve and grow um, with the material to keep evolving it to, to, to work with the students. And then I think the third thing for me is I always walked in at course number four or five out of the six, because there was always there were five or six modules at all times, and I was either 
module four or five. And by that time, the student body um, had been through such an extraordinary experience that I always felt I was walking into such an openness and a willingness to learn and a vulnerability and a space that could only be inviting, um, compassionate, willing to learn and open. So it was, I like to say it was just pure butter. It was was wonderful. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a break. Um, And and I'm I'm really glad to hear each of you comment on this because I want for those of you who are listening who may not know very much about the Leadership Coaching Certificate Program at Georgetown University, I want you to know um, the environment and the spirit of that program because it has been such a um, substantive influence on people's lives and it ultimately has created the conditions for the visioning that we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. This is Kate Abner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life and we'll be right back. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate Ebner, and we're so glad you're listening today. I am talking with uh, four people who've played an instrumental role in helping to bring to life uh, the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. Before the break, we talked about the coaching program and how it evolved, uh, founded by Chris Wall in the year 2000 and generating ultimately a vital com- graduate community of more than a thousand leadership coaches who've been trained at Georgetown. Um, we spoke about the growing 
um, energy, the evolution of the curriculum. And, you know, I, th- I want to go now to the vision process and how this program, which has been kind of cooking along for more than a decade, um, always with a very strong enrollment, um, a lot of demand for this program, a growing reputation. But why not just keep going? You know, why did, why did this suddenly become something much bigger? And so, Julie, I'd like to go to you. And as the program director, along with Pat Matthews, um, you really were, uh, the, I think, I think the, the people who saw the, op- the opportunity and invited us to move forward. So tell us, how did the vision process begin? Uh, thanks, uh, Kate. I was reflecting back on that. And so at the time, in 2011, uh, Pat and I were just newly part of the being program directors. And we felt it was important to bring everyone together and talk about the future of our program, a time of transition. And as Alex has said, we have such a generous community of faculty that we asked everyone to come for a visioning day, and we invited not only our faculty. We had over 30 members of our faculty there that day, and we had um, members of the staff and the associate dean for, from the Center for Professional development as well. And out of that very honest conversation came the idea and the desired futures of everyone on what they wanted to do next uh, involving our program. And it was a very powerful conversation and a very honest conversation. And through everyone's contribution, everyone's ability to listen to what other people were saying, we came out with some just powerful, powerful written desired futures that was the beginning of the vision for the Institute. Um, we had some powerful leadership come out of there, not, not just Pat and I, but faculty members who were willing to be generous and contribute their time and energy to kind of take what happened during that day and do something with it. And at that time, I don't think any of us really realized what we were um, doing with it. <laughs> Actually, it just started to evolve, but it was out of that conversation on that day that things started to happen. Well, it was a big day. It was actually May, I think, 2011, and we were all there at the Clarendon campus. And like you said, it wasn't just our faculty. It was also representatives from from Georgetown. It was the um, the dean of the uh, Center for Continuing Professional Education, Edwin Schmierer, who's been a key part of this, Kimberly Wolf, who has supported the coaching program for a number of years, and um, I think Kyle Walton was there and, and others. And so as we worked together on, you, you invited us, if I remember correctly, Julie, you and Pat invited us to envision the future. We had a facilitator, Corey Deal from the World Futures Institute leading that day. And it, be, and it was fascinating to me because we as faculty really are aligned about what we're doing in the coaching program. But it was such an, a rare opportunity for us to hear each other think broadly and openly about something that didn't yet exist. I think it felt kind of wild and wild and open. It was <laughs> we were a little unruly, if I remember that day correctly. And um, Lloyd, there was a moment when um, Edwin Schmier, the dean, stood up and talked about one of the Georgetown values called Cura Personalis, and I think something clicked for some of us about not only our future as a coaching offer to the world, but also within Georgetown University. Could you comment on that? Sure. I think the cure personnel, uh, care for the whole person, 
<clears throat> which has been a, a core integral part of Georgetown University since its founding, I think that when we heard Edwin talk about that and what that meant, we knew immediately and intimately that that is exactly what we've been doing at uh, Georgetown. And in almost in that moment, we could sense a, a, the depth of a relationship that had been untapped, uh, almost like sitting next to each other and not realizing each other was in the same place. And so the, the affinity in our core values, in our methodology, in the philosophy and uh, grounding way that we identified ourselves in the world with, with our work and what we wanted to do, I think that surprising notion of seeing each other uh, perhaps for the first time enabled something to click into place for, I know for myself and I think for uh, the rest of us in the room, including uh, both Edwin and Darcy, and uh, to be able to sense that we are in the same conversation and this evokes a, a level of collaboration and uh, kind of spiritual connection that had just been a little hidden before that. So that it, I think the cure of personalis was incredibly important. And around that point, I, I just want to say that Pat and Julie inviting the people that were in the room beyond the faculty has a great deal to say with uh, what catalyzed after that. That is, she had the, they had the key stakeholders in the room that would allow a different conversation, the potential to emerge, and it, and it did. Some synchronicity, some uh, fruit that were ripe and, and ready to open, but it was a, a wonderful, unexpected, uh, and brilliant moment, I think, that shifted around that conversation. Yes, thank you for that. It really was. It really was an uh, amazing day. A lot of energy unleashed. Some of it, you know, uh, negative energy. Some of it was, you know, some skepticism about whether we could actually make something happen at the university and whether we we would have the support that we needed. And 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 so there was a. It, you know, for those listening who haven't heard this story, I don't want to make it sound like we all kind of floated to the ceiling. We we had to really work through some of our our questions and 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 really or I think reacquaint ourselves in a way with the potential of doing something bigger at Georgetown. Um, out of that day came future possibility statements. We called them. Everybody generated a statement of future possibilities, and we took those statements. We put them into the word cloud machine, if you will, and came back with a, a cloud-shaped um, bubble of words that people commonly were using in their future possibilities statements. And the, the words that really, um, the bigger, I don't know if, you, if anybody knows how the word cloud thing works, you basically put the words uh, into an online service and it gives you back um, a, cl- a, a cloud of the words that have um, been used and the ones that the most people use the most often are the largest. So in your cloud of words, you have these big, huge words. We're going to put this actually out for you in our newsletter this week so you can see what this word cloud looked like. But um, the words that were large and big that really re- reflected the um, the united view of the future on that day were the words leadership, community, connection, transformation, people, 
program, coaching, love, discover. So these are the words that really uh, showed us what it was that we wanted to offer. But it wasn't a full-fledged vision yet, and we had to figure out to do what to do next. Um, uh, Julie, tell us, what was it like for you at that moment? What, what, what were you thinking coming out of that day? Well, I swung between uh, elation and, I guess, fear <laughs> on that day. So I think you made a good point. As, as, as we were able to be honest and listen to everyone, it wasn't all positive. And I think that in any visioning process, that's what you need. You need both sides, and you need the clarity that comes from that. Um, so the, what I really walked away with out of that experience, though, was a deep appreciation of of the vision, really. And at that time, we really didn't uh, think about the Institute, but just the reaffirming of the vision of our program and the reaffirming of the generosity and the wisdom in the room. So I think that, for me, was the core of that day and the maybe the opening. There's an opening here for something to happen. Let's see what happens. And what happened next was, Lloyd, that you picked up the ball and decided to host a, a, a conversation in the summer months about, about this big question of transformation, of leadership, of, of coaching, and about expanding our offer. Um, tell us briefly about that. We have just a minute before we take a break. Yeah. And uh, I want to be very clear that I, uh, I convened the conversation, but, but the conversation was self-generative and self-sustaining. So uh, sometimes uh, a small contribution like just taking the lead and, and doing one's part at, at a moment, it, it's just a division of labor to step into. So I really didn't, don't feel like I was leading that as much as holding the conversation. And uh, so folks came together around the question of in, in service to what is our coaching, is our leadership coaching? What are we in service to in the world? And with that uh, <clears throat> framing of the, of the uh, conversation that came out of the breakout from that May uh, retreat, and I think uh, the, the folks who were working around the flip charts, you know, we had these small groups, of, I don't know, four or five groups, one of the groups was about being in service to something bigger. We didn't quite have, know the language, but uh, there were about, I don't know, six or eight of us around the, the table. And when we convened next, I think it was in June, uh, a great deal of energy came. We had no agenda, and we basically just saw what emerged through the conversation together. Again, once we got in the room, in, in a sense, the curiosity and the desire and the intelligence uh, just took over and we followed it. Yes, we surely did. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life and we're going to come back and continue our story about the vision process for the Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. 
we provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Well, thank you for staying with us. We're telling a very exciting and true story today about a vision that became a plan and a plan that is well on its way to becoming a reality. With me are four guests who've been there from the beginning. Julie Shows, Program Director of the Coaching Program, Lloyd Rains, one of the founders of the Coaching Program and also a longtime faculty member, Alexander Calais, who teaches our team's course and has been part of this for more than a decade, and Associate Dean Darcy Malazzo, who is the Institute Co-Director, along with me. And, you know, we've been talking about this process. And, you know, as I'm listening to us talk about it, I want to say that one of the most amazing things is we weren't driving toward a particular outcome. We were convening conversations about possibility. And after this event that um, that Lloyd um, summoned back in that, that so summer months, um, I remember that we decided that we needed to, um, we were ready. We had begun a d- deep exploration. There was energy out there. There was some momentum. We needed a process. And so um, at that point, um, Julie, what happened next? Well, the next thing that happened is that, again, we put an invitation out for uh, members of the faculty that were interested to come together. And I believe then that led to the day that uh, you and Alex actually led in November. That's right. It was actually it was uh, it was November. It was eleven, 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 which we thought was fortuitous at the time, <laughs> and um, we had a big, a, a big ambitious agenda. And I can remember um, some of us wondered how on earth are we going to do this in one day. We wanted to declare a mission and for for this offer that we had been cultivating. We also wanted to generate a vision for what this would look like. And remember, for those of you who listen regularly to the show. Uh, a, a vision is a just detailed description of a destination that you really want to get to, you really want to go to. And so we wanted to create that. And then we also wanted to look at Georgetown University and its values and ask ourselves, what does it mean to be doing this here? 
are we well aligned with this university? And so with all of this and only one kind of seven-hour day to work with, um, we set out that morning. And Alex, I think you had the hardest part. So why don't you tell us about how we got started at cultivating a mission for this institute? Sure. What's interesting is in two days, it's 12-12-12. And this was 11-11-11, which, is, um, which was a fortuitous date. Kate, you and I um, actually did quite a bit of work ahead of time to design this day, which was really broken up into two parts, uh, a morning on mission and an afternoon on vision. And to your point, the, the vision really was developing the detailed picture of the desired future, and the mission was much more oriented around purpose and mission and service to what. And so we, we gathered as a group into a room, and it was really a, an open session, tightly facilitated, I might say, with the uh, first part where we sort of looked back on our past and sort of gave a project update. And then we moved into really kind of a generic conversation around our, our philosophical underpinnings and just open conversation, which then led into an open space type of format where we answered a several questions in a simultaneous fashion to maximize the creativity and the output. And one, one question was just plainly, what is our mission? And so that was sort of one board where we put our ideas. The next idea was, how does it differentiate us from other coaching schools? I mean, obviously the competition has grown over the years. We want to clear differentiators. Then we also did a board on how do we build upon and relate to the Georgetown mission and values. We wanted that type alignment with the Georgetown values. We then had another board on our target audience and market for the institute, for the programs and learning opportunities. And um, we also then wanted to incorporate, you know, building on the legacy of our program. We, we don't want to throw everything out. So we also talked about what's good about what we've done, what do we want to keep. And all of those boards together, which were simultaneously created, then came out with sort of a, of, of a general set of ideas, which led us into the vision work, which, uh, which you led, Kate. Yes, you make it all sound so simple, Alex, but <laughs> <laughs> I know from my own experience at doing this work, um, you know, more broadly that uh, often when we go to create mission, this question, you know, for the sake of what uh, do we exist, uh, we, we c groups can get lost in wordsmithing. And um, how did we avoid that? Do you recall? Um, I, if, if I recall, I think we, we brought it up to a certain point until we felt we were directionally correct and we had done some, some synthesis, some consolidation, and then we handed it off for the final versions. We, we, we wanted to avoid the wordsmithing in the room because it would have really you know, dampened the mood first. And it would, I think it, it, it would have gotten away from capturing the collective wisdom that was there. Yes, I remember you handled that so well. And uh, I wonder, Alex, are you in a position right at the moment where you could actually... Um, read or share that mission with our audience? I'm not, unfortunately. Um, who has it? Anybody? Julie, do you have it there? I do have it, so I'll read it. Our mission? Um, our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. Isn't that amazing? And every word of this mission statement mattered to us. I want to point that out. It's a worldwide communities, right, of transformational leaders and, and coaches. And I think at that moment where we realized, wait a minute, 
we want to serve leaders, not only leadership coaches, the way that we have been in our current program, that really this mission expanded and, and, and a platform for uh, the idea of becoming a platform for learning uh, began to sort of take root. Um, and I, I, I think that that mission that you just shared continues to be the way a good mission does, a, a guiding star for us as we move forward. Um, and of course, our larger purpose uh, required to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. Um, so leadership in service to the world, which is very much aligned with the Georgetown values. And um, Darcy, I know we're going to um, have a chance to talk more about our part of the process, but can you comment on how this work does align with the Georgetown University uh, philosophy and values? Sure. Um, I would be happy to. I think, you know, the, the one experience that I had while I was going through the program was just the experience of a Jesuit education or a values-based education. It was so clear to me as a student in the leadership coaching program that the the faculty and this program embodied a set of core values at Georgetown in a way that I'd actually never seen animated at Georgetown. And so um, when when I completed the program, I really started to think about how is it that, that the program does those kinds of, you know, does embody those values. And um, we've touched on a lot of them today, um, being in um, men and women for others. Um, is one of the values of the university. Um, valuing and embracing and understanding diversity is another one. Um, the university also um, is really focused on a global and a world view, as well as leadership and service to something greater than ourselves. Um, cure personalis is another one of those values. Um, and then just the philosophy of Jesuit education um, that, that Julie really touched on earlier when she talked about methodologies, um, in that, that the the leadership coaching program was purposefully not guru-based. And out of this visioning process, we were talking about, Alex mentioned, preserving that and creating a greater platform. So when I, um, when I looked at this concept and this mission and, and the, the idea of this institute, it was aligned with um, the claim and the offer and the stake that Georgetown has in the world in a way that would be very, very easy to not only articulate, but demonstrate and show the um, proof points, if you will, um, for, for how the leadership coaching program had been really living and animating the values of the university, and then how a larger platform, an institute for transformational leadership, would do, would do that as well. I like your phrase, proof points, and I think that that kind of thinking is part of what carried us out of no, um, November 11th and into the next phase. I will comment on the visioning process that we used that day because um, I remember that the clock was kind of ticking and it was getting toward 2.30 or something and we only had a certain number of hours and I remember thinking, it's okay, you know, we only have a couple of hours to create a vision, but we have laid the foundation, we've done so much work here that we're ready. It's not going to take us very long. So what we did that day is we um, we kind of reassembled after creating that mission and having lunch and sat down in a circle. And I passed out really big paper and funky markers and things because I really do think we need to get into our creative brains and not our analytical brains when we're creating vision. And so everybody had this big, strangely shaped piece of paper. And and 
Um, we had already done many of the steps that those of you who listen to the show regularly have heard about. We've, we had already told ourselves the story of our founding and up until the current moment. So we had done that very important piece of, of claiming our present based on our journey from the past. So we had done the storytelling. We, had, we did a little bit of discussion about what's true now, you know, a little bit of a centering in the present time. Um, we talked a bit about courage and fear, a step in the conversation that's essential. What, what's between us and what we really want? What are we afraid of? What's holding us back, right? Those important questions that are precursors to visioning. And then I remember guiding our circle um, of, of, of faculty members and staff members through just a series of questions. And I would talk and, and sort of quietly speak and, and say a few things and people just sat and reflected with their eyes closed actually and then we stopped and people just wrote and sketched and drew and and when we were finished it didn't take long maybe that that took 20 minutes or something like that then everyone shared and one of the most extraordinary things that happened in that moment is that each person seemed to have brought a different piece of the total vision so that there was overlap and a great deal of continuity but there was also originality and fresh thinking about the kind of everything from what we would be offering who would be coming the kind of space we would be in um, where in the world we would be doing this work uh, all the details were filled in by this visioning circle and it was uh, glorious to receive all of that and you know Lloyd you were there too I'd love to hear you comment on that and we have a, we have about a minute and a half Oh, just real briefly, I think for for me and my my colleagues, <clears throat> there there is just something magnificent that uh, comes up in in each person in their own form. I remember uh, being absolutely amazed at what Julie turned out almost in Declaration of Independence form. <laughs> she just kind of went into must have been like a trance and did this incredible document. And I think Alex did a, 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 a just a wonderful visual uh, connector map. Uh, I can't remember, but I was just taken with how many different surprising ways of grabbing the the heart and the spirit of what it was that we were trying to do, and all of those different forms. I think commonly nourished uh, the sense of what was both under our. Uh, under our feet, as well as what was in the air uh, awaiting further work with that. It was an amazing experience. And, you know, for those who were wondering, sort of like, wow, then what? I will tell you that once that happens and you have that amount of vision, somebody needs to go and synthesize it and bring it into one piece. And that's something that I did for this process. I, I wrote it into um, a Word document that we all could then continue to respond to, taking all those beautiful vision documents, which we still have and have kept, but making it into something we could use. And that was the beginning of moving toward kind of a business plan. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish this story. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. 
we provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. What's really going on in Washington? Listen as two of Washington's most experienced insiders, Howard Marlowe and Michael Willis, divulge the strategies of the key players affecting legislation and policy matters every week on The Inner Loop. Unlike most talk shows, which feature hosts that have little to no experience working with the federal government, The Inner Loop is hosted by two professionals who actively work to influence federal policy on a daily basis. The Inner Loop is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner. I hope you're enjoying today's program and are already making some plans to check us out and hopefully join us to become part of this amazing learning community at Georgetown University. We hope to see you at one of our programs, whether in person or virtual, and we'll be offering both through the new Institute for Transformational Leadership. Before the break, we were talking about how we got from a lot of energy and great ideas and future possibilities to vision. And, you know, we were talking about um, November 11th, 2011, and that important work that happened on that day. And, you know, from that time, from the time that that's, that ended, really became kind of what I'll call an underground time, a quiet time, where, um, you know, the the idea was hatched, so to speak, but it still needed to be developed into a, a, a feasible proposal for the university. And at that point, um, Darcy, you joined us and began to really help shepherd us forward through the university system so that we could put a proposal together with, to a February 1st deadline. And we really translated this vision into a, literally a plan. And that pr- original proposal did had all the elements of a good business plan. We looked at the market. We looked at um, we looked at the uh, way that it would potentially elevate um, and connect across the university. We looked at the impact that it would have. We looked at the, um, the, the I think the ways that it would uh, amplify the effect of the university through its values. We really put together a complete business plan. And, you know, Darcy, at that moment, when you knew this was happening, I know you had recently graduated from the coaching program. You had previously been a dean who worked with um, the who had worked with the coaching program. And um, I'm curious what was going through your mind as you stepped forward. Um, thanks, Kate. Well, it was, you know, it truly was really a really tremendously exciting moment for me, um, simply because when I saw the, the mission and the, the vision statements, they were so compelling and so powerful. And I think that that's, um, 
that's kind of a really important lesson learned, right? When you have um, a vision that is is so rooted and a mission that is so clear, it's easy to um, begin to make a business case and begin to see where the stakeholders are in the organization or the institution that you need to kind of sell the concept to um, and where the where the natural points of leverage are going to be um, as you begin to, to make it concrete and make it a reality. And so the thing that I noticed um, is that the vision and the mission um, and all of the, the work of the faculty um, up to that point and, and continuing had become an, an attractor. So um, it seemed as though every conversation there was another offer from someone, let me know how I can help, let me know how I can contribute, or, you know, it would make this stronger, um, add this in. And so that was kind of my experience at, at that moment in time. Um, it, it certainly evolved as as we brought the plan forward. Um, and we can we can talk about that too if you, if you want to kind of hear more about that. Well, thank you very much. That's very important what you've just said. And Julie, I want to go back to you actually right now because, you know, you and Pat invited this process and I'm curious from a leadership perspective, you know, as you reflect on this, what what do you see? Uh, thanks, Kate. I, I, as we do reflect on this, I think this is a model of leadership that actually was part of our founding and, and Chris Wall definitely modeled this leadership and Pat Matthews and I have had many conversations about a type of leadership that can invite people to be the leaders that they want to be. And in our community, as Darcy said, there is such generosity that the invitation, once it's made, we as leaders just need to get out of the way and watch what evolves. And that, that foundation in our program and that intention that we put out there definitely manifested in this process. Thank you for sharing that perspective. And I think it's so important in part because it's the opposite move as what we sometimes think of as sort of conventional or traditional leadership, wherein the leaders sort of command and control, here's what's going to happen, here's what I want done. This wasn't like that. This was, as you said, we stepped, we invited people's contributions and then we stepped out of the way and not only that but you really supported and got behind and got with the energy and the commitment and the ideas and the creativity of others and Lloyd I'm curious you know you had such a key role in this process um you know can you just comment on what Julie just said about um a we instead of a me in terms of a leadership approach yeah I I think that uh when Julie and Pat held that stance it was a brilliant a bit of wisdom that showed up for them and honored and respected the people in the room and beyond the people in the room, the vision that the vision through, through the people that was knocking at our door. So that moment of not taking control in a confining fashion, but opening to the unknown Completely, I don't know where this is going. And as Julie said, there's you know, there's both uh, uh, kind of a hope and a fear to that um, wildness, wild energy. I think for them to be able to have held that space, not just in the moment on that afternoon, but going forward with an ongoing invitation to 
uh, tap whatever it is in content and form that is wanting to articulate itself uh, is is what I think 21st century leadership is all about. It is bringing the we into a conscious way of uh, animating uh, what is only latent until those conversations can happen and things can take form which are qualitatively added different level of uh, manifestation than what we currently have. So I, I thought it was just uh, uh, wonderful to behold, to be honored by the way that they did that leadership moment. You know, it's, it is, a, it is a, a, a tremendous example of um, people modeling what they believe and, and um, demonstrating that it can, be, it can be an incredibly fruitful way of, of leading and, and operating. And as you said, um, a, a combination of skills and perspectives and wisdom that's much needed in the 21st century. You know, we're at the end of our hour. Before we close, I want to just quickly give you a, a little snippet of the vision itself. And I want to invite those of you listening to go to us online. You will learn so much more and we'll be continuing to post new programs and opportunities there. Um, you can easily find us by putting Georgetown University ITL or Institute for Transformational Leadership into your Google. And that's probably one of the quickest ways to get there. Um, so here's the vision, and then we'll close. The vision for the Institute for Transformational Leadership. The Institute is a sustainable organization that provides opportunities for growth and development for individuals seeking training as leadership coaches and as leaders. We lead the world in the field of coach education and leadership development. Our programs and courses are synonymous with excellence. Through the Institute, we teach new models of leadership and coaching leaders that are relevant across cultures and in the context of the modern world. We seek to usher in a new era of global leadership. Therefore, we cultivate and encourage the emergence of new ways of leading, organizing, and solving the problems of the day. We develop, teach, and practice new models of supporting leaders in their personal and professional development. We're respected internationally for thought leadership of our community and our experiential approach to education in a collaborative and respected space. We are a place where people come together, a catalyst for transformational personal growth, a hub for learning, an incubator of innovation, a force multiplier creating nodes of new actions, a network, a generative web of connection, and a community of passionate people who are committed to learning, practicing, and doing individually and together. Thank you for joining. This is Kate Ebner. You've been listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.